This is an ABC podcast. What? This podcast may contain dirty language and other cool stuff. For the next half hour, everything in this podcast is strictly based on the available facts. This is Finding Desperado. I'm Cameron James. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and as of very recently with our first season, Finding Drago, a critically acclaimed investigative journalist for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. (laughs) Welcome to a new mystery. And just like the last one, it all begins with a book. As a child of the gorgeous decade known as the 1990s, I owned every Guinness Book of Records from about 1990 to 2005 when I became a teenager and stopped giving a shit about world records. As a movie fan and wannabe creative, I was obsessed with the film section of these books. Forget the Oscars. Forget the Golden Globes. To be listed in the Guinness World Records was, to me, the height of success you could achieve as a filmmaker. Nay, as a human being. A few months ago, I was getting rid of some of my childhood possessions when I found a record from 2005 that jumped out at me. Lex the Wonder Dog, 1973, a thriller of canine detection, was written, produced and directed by Sidney Ling when he was 13 years old. A professional feature film made by a 13-year-old? A thriller of canine detection? That sounds sick! How can I find this lost masterpiece, Lex the Wonder Dog? And whatever happened to the great child prodigy, Sidney Ling? This is a story about trickery, famous frauds and possibly fake Guinness World Records. Pseudologica fantastica. He's not normal. This is the most remarkable subject I've ever met. Ego or delusion or just BS. I do feel like I was kind of uh, took. Not bothered if it is or isn't true. There is some energy here. But before I get started... I need to get the old team back together. Alexei Toliopoulos, podcaster, veritable film guru. Mm, okay. And, of course, my co-host on the Total Reboot podcast. We're back. We are indeed. Thanks so much for joining me again. <sighs> I've dragged you out of retirement. I was Max and Cool on the beaches of Charla, <laughs> feeling the sand between my toes and the wind in my hair. And our producer Bryce is here as well, obviously. I have always been here. Mm, terrifying. <laughs> Last time the three of us got together, Alexi, you brought us a mystery. We mm. were trying to find a hoax author. And by the end of seven episodes, we found a friend. We did find a friend. And to be honest, Cameron, I'm a little bit nervous to be back in the saddle. Now you know how I felt last time. (laughs) I was being dragged along by you and I was terrified every step of the way. You you don't know this, but you really changed my life, I think, for the worse. Oh, no. You awoke something in me, Alexi. Mm. You awoke an inner detective that I didn't know I had. And just like last time we got together for one of these, 
This one all begins with a book. I'm holding it in my hands right now. How thick are we talking this time? We're talking half a phone book thick. Okay. <laughs> this is a more substantial mystery, perhaps. Perhaps. Can I ask you, mm-hmm. are you at all familiar with the book Guinness World Records 2005? The 50th anniversary edition? Yes. I'd like you to describe oh, the wow. cover for the listeners at home right now. <laughs> well, allow me to describe it as one of the most reflective surfaces I've ever seen. Yeah. It's lenticular. It is got 3D imagery on it. It feels holographic. It feels simultaneously from the far off future and from the forgotten past of 2005. <laughs> Did you ever read these when you were younger? I might have read that exact one because mm. that that's the, an edition that would have come out while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. In my public school, in the library, there were not that many books about film there. Mm. So I would be drawn to the Guinness World Record books because I'm a cinephile, baby. I'm a registered cinephile. I had to go door to door and explain to my neighbours that I'm interested in movies <laughs> and I'm doing that here today as a public service. I would kind of gravitate towards the Guinness World Record books because they would have like these records about film, about cinema. It would offer like trivia. It would offer like facts about movies and just finding out like, you know, world record, world's coolest movie, Donnie Darko, and being like, wow, what is that? I can't wait to find out what that world's is. World's coolest movie. <laughs> yeah, world's coolest movie. And then it had an addendum saying previously held record, Boondock Saints. <laughs> Or like, you know, a lot of them would be like Sylvester Stallone has got the most freaking kills of any actor on screen. And off. And, well, maybe Robert Wagner, but um, <laughs> maybe Robert Wagner hasn't been in that category. But, um, yeah, so I guess I am pretty familiar with that one. I think you've really tapped into something there because that's how I feel. As someone who grew up in Australia, it feels like so impossible to even imagine working in the world of movies and television and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And also people of our age, of our generation, we were like just on the cusp of the internet kind of coming around Mm. in a mainstream way where chat rooms like the IMDb message boards, I became like a participant on those (laughs) when I was like in my late teens. Before IMDb, when I I was a younger man, my parents collected a bunch of CD-ROMs called Cinemania. Wow. I think there was three or four of them. They were made by Microsoft. <gasps> you put the CD-ROM on the drive, you push it in, and then Cinemania 95 will load up on your screen. Mm-hmm. A beautiful combination of still images, <gasps> WAV files. Wow, that's and audio. some incredibly compressed video footage. <laughs> Wow, film in its highest form. There were over 2,000 pieces of media on Cinemania 95. That is pretty good. I remember I was too scared to see Silence Mm. of the Lambs, but I listened to the audio clip of (laughs) Tony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter saying the iconic line... Over and over and over again. And that was me finally getting in touch with my true cinephile self. Wow. (laughs) So what's in this Guinness World Records that you're here to quiz me about? All right. So I had all of these at home. My Mm -hmm. parents still have all of them. I was back at mum and dad's house recently. They asked me to throw out a bunch of stuff from my old bedroom. (laughs) Not Cinemania and the Guinness World Records collection. (laughs) All my priceless things. Couldn't believe it. I was peeling the Matrix poster off my wall. (laughs) And uh, I started leafing through these Guinness Book of Records and I picked up this particular issue, 2005, Mm -hmm. and I flicked my way to the movie section. Okay. Actually, that's 
a bit of a lie. First things first, I went to page 14, extreme bodies. Oh, okay. You can't go past the extreme bodies. I had a quick look at that woman with the popping out eyeballs. <laughs> it's an itch that you can only scratch with six foot long nails. Yeah, I had a look at her too. She's doing great. Good on her. And uh, I made my way to the movie section and one record caught my eye. And I'll read it to you right now. Youngest film director, writer, and producer. Lex the Wonder Dog, 1973, a thriller of canine detection, was written, produced, and directed by Sidney Ling when he was 13 years old. He was the youngest ever director of a professionally made feature-length film. Now, Alexi, first question I have for you. Have you heard of that movie before, Lex the Wonder Dog? I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't, to be honest. Yeah. 1970s as well, which is mm. like my my era that I know. 1973, and it was directed by a 13-year-old. <sighs> 1973, same year, The Sting won Best Picture at the Oscars, starring Paul Newman He's and good. Robert Redford. He is good. Have you ever heard of the filmmaker Sidney Ling? He's a Dutch filmmaker. From the 1970s. Never heard of Sidney Ling. He made a film when he was 13 years old. Oh, you said he's Dutch? He's Dutch. And I guess when it comes to Dutch filming, because the only ones that I know off the top of my head, Paul Verhoeven, mm-hmm. Robocop, Showgirls, Jan de Bont, oh, Speed, yeah. Twister. Now you're speaking my language. But also, Sidney Ling, I didn't even think that that sounded like a Dutch name. What's a Dutch name that you know? I mean, Johan van der Schmutt. Who's that? That's Goldmember's real name. <laughs> I love... <laughs> Gold, the touch of it, the smell of it. I mean, I know more about Austin Powers than I do about any Dutch film, and I don't know. I don't know. You think you should have, right? Because if a 13-year-old is making a feature film and it's winning Guinness World Records... And it's like a professionally made feature film, you would assume, if it's like qualifying for these things, right? It says it right in the record. It says professionally made feature-length film. Oh, why don't we know about it? I don't know, and I feel a pang of jealousy. I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous too. Yeah, because, you know, I would have made, like, movies when I was around that age. I actually remember the movie that I made when I was 13. It was a documentary about character actor John Cazale what? from The Godfather and Dog Day Afternoon, and it was just made on Windows Movie Maker, and I just got screenshots from all the movies and narrated going like, John Cazale appeared in only five motion pictures and every single one of them was nominated for an Oscar. This is John Cazale, five movies, five masterpieces by Alexi Toliopoulos. <laughs> That is true. That is the movie I made when I was 13 years old, (laughs) using only a computer and a very cheap microphone. And I didn't get a Guinness World Record for it. And I made the movie 10 times more mature than my age. about a guy who had died 40 years before I was born? I can't believe as a 13-year-old you made a John Cazale documentary. Yeah, it's true. When I was 13, I made a short film on my friend's DV cam called The Fart. (laughs) It was about a fart. <laughs> oh, God. So what about this interests you? What are you invested in? Um, I think quite genuinely, I think Sydney has lived my dream and probably your dream too. You know, like I grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales. As I've mentioned, it felt like a world away from being able to make movies, my absolute dream. Sydney grew up from what I understand in the Netherlands, that's just as far away from Hollywood 
And yet he did it at 13. He made a movie. It got seen by people. He made it in this book that I'm holding in my hands. I've been using my distance from show business as kind of an excuse for why I didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> all my life. And yet he he's proof that you can do it. You can go out there. You can live your dream. And I just want to speak to him and I want to ask him what it felt like. And I want to ask him if it made him happy. Oh, my gosh. Do you think it will make you happy? To speak to Sydney Ling? Yeah. I think it might. I mean, I was intrigued before, but now I'm inspired. I've made you cry, I can see. You're yes, tearing up. I'm tearing up. I'm feeling a little bit emotional. I, I mean, I wish I had the answer for you right away, but I don't. I'm going to reach out to my friends in the film industry and see if they have any leads on Ling. They got any of those Ling leads. Hello. Hey, Kate Jinx of Melbourne International Film Festival and Golden Age Cinema. Uh, yeah, that is me. Um, what's up, Alexi? Cameron posted me this filmmaker in this film that I'd never heard of. Oh, I love a challenge. Have you ever heard of the filmmaker Sydney Ling? Sydney Ling. Sydney Ling. Oh, like, w- what have they made? They're Dutch filmmaker, and they made a movie uh-huh. called Lex the Wonder Dog. <laughs> I want to see it. This film is significant in a way because it holds a Guinness World Record, youngest filmmaker of a professionally made feature film. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> no, but how old were they? 13 years old in 1973. Okay, that's pretty impressive. No, I have not heard of Lex the Wonder Dog. Hi, I'm Margaret Porrance, and I've got to tell you, I've never heard of Sydney Ling or Lex the Wonder Dog. Hi, my name's Matt Singer. I'm Alexandra Helen-Nicholas, and I'm a film critic, festival programmer and academic. I'm Maria Lewis, author, screenwriter, film reporter and pop culture critic. I've been doing this for a long time. The past 16 years. 15 years, maybe? Written eight books on cult, horror and exploitation. Have you heard of Lex the Wonder Dog? No. I have never... Lex the Wonder Dog. Have you ever heard of this movie? I have never heard of Lex the Wonder Dog. Do you know Sydney Ling? I'm Katie Walsh, film critic for the Tribune News Service and the LA Times. My name's Jason DeRosso, a film critic with ABC Radio National. I don't know, you don't know. Of some 20 years' experience. We all don't know Sydney Ling. I'm Serena Masuko, I'm a writer. And I've never never heard of of Lex the Wonder Dog or filmmaker Sydney Sydney Ling. Sydney Ling, and I've never heard of his film. If you find any more information, send it through. Nobody knows Sydney Ling. I don't even know why I'm being asked to say it. I'm Helen O'Hara. I'm the editor-at-large of Empire Magazine here in the UK. My name is Romy Albers, and I'm senior curator at Eiffel Museum, the Dutch Film Museum. I'm a film journalist, have been for 17 years. We have in our collection 50,000 films. I'd love to see these. I've been working there for 25 years. And I have never heard of Lex the Wonder Dog or Sydney Ling. I never heard of a film called Lex the Wonder Dog. <laughs> okay, he doesn't know. Really, I've de- never heard of it. There isn't a can in our shelves with that name on it. Hi, I'm David Stratton, film reviewer, and I've never heard of Lex the Wonder Dog or Sydney Ling. Cameron, we just heard from some of the sharpest, critical and scholarly minds in film worldwide, and we stumped them. We stumped them. I mean, it was a great privilege of me to stump my childhood hero, David Stratton, but it wasn't helpful in this moment. <laughs> I kind of wish we renamed this podcast Stumping Stratton. <laughs> but it is weird, right? I don't know what that means. I went to the National Archive of Dutch Films in the Netherlands and Romy 
Didn't know either. Mm. He's in the Guinness World Records, but then in reality, does he exist? Well, while you were doing that, I was doing a little detective work of my own. Have you perchance visited guinnessworldrecords.com? <laughs> no, why would I have? <laughs> I've got the freaking books, baby. Oh, you don't ever get curious and go, I wonder what the world's biggest <laughs> bean sprout is nowadays. <laughs> These guys have all the answers and more on this horribly designed website, but you can contact them. So I reached out uh, and inquired a little bit about our mystery. Hi, I'm an Australian podcaster currently doing research on the world's youngest film director, which you currently have listed as Sogat Bista. I read online that the record was previously held by Sidney Ling with his 1973 film Lex the Wonder Dog. I was wondering if, A, you could verify that this world record was previously held by him, B, any adjudicators at Guinness World Records could confirm whether they have seen the film Lex the Wonder Dog, and C, I could be put in touch with somebody who may know more about this filmmaker and film. Cheers, Cameron. Oh, classy, casual, beautiful. And would you believe it, Alexi? They replied. <gasps> <clears throat> Lord Sidney Ling was the previous holder of this record at the age of 13, but we don't have any information on whether anyone from our team has seen the film, nor do we have any access to any contacts to pass on. This is due in part that this record dates back a while and that due to data protection, we wouldn't be able to share any information we did have. Oh, I hated that reply. Not very helpful at all. No. I feel like I've been stonewalled. They don't know who they're dealing with here. They don't know that they're dealing with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's 17th and 18th best investigative (laughs) journalists. I think we need to step it up a notch, man. I think we need to do what we did last time, Mm -hmm. what we do best. We are pop culture detectives. We need to use the greatest resource known to man, Google.com. Well, let's start a Google montage. So if if I can get you to open up Google. I've got my laptop open. I'm in an ergonomic position to start typing. What do you want me to type, baby? I don't want to miss anything. I want you to type uh, Sydney Ling. Sydney Ling. Lex the Wonder Dog. Lex the Wonder. Guinness World Records. Guinness World Okay. Whoa, the first link is a legit Guardian article. Did not expect that. It's called Teenage Flicks, The Youngest Filmmakers Ever. So it's about lots of people that made films very young, including Orson Welles with Susan Cain. And this is what it has to say about Sidney Ling. Guinness held Dutch filmmaker Lord Sidney Ling. Lord Sidney Ling? This guy's royalty as well? Lord Sidney Ling. Guinness held Dutch filmmaker Lord Sidney Ling, who made Lex the Wonder Dog at 13 as the youngest director of a professionally made feature film. There's scant information to be found online about Ling or Lex, but one rumour has it that another film he directed may hold the world record for longest documentary, clocking in at over 24 hours. What? So he's got another Guinness World Record for longest documentary, which goes for a whole day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm checking the book now. Oh, my God, it's in here. It's in there? It's in the book. What does it say? Grandmother Martha... 1996, a documentary about the life of ex-actress and entertainer Martha Stellu runs for 24 hours and 12 minutes. 
The film was written, produced and directed by Sydney Ling. Who who wrote that Guardian article? Uh, it's a guy called Zach Vasquez. Oh, we got to try and talk to this guy. My name is Zach Vasquez. I write about movies and books. How did you find out about him? I had been assigned that article because a movie had just come out, Burning Kane, and the director was a 19-year-old student. That's where I first came across Sidney Ling's name. But I couldn't find any information on him beyond the title of this movie. But yeah, now now that I've you know looked into it a tiny bit more, I do feel like I was kind of uh, took there by that. Um, so I'm glad that I, I put in the disclaimer in that article that there wasn't much information on him because if I just stated that as a fact now, I would feel a little foolish. Well, you know what? It, it, it he, is a fact. He, he is in the Guinness Book of Records. Um, where the hell should we start when we're looking to find this guy? I saw on IMDb, there's a couple different entries for him. There's a few comments, some of which claim to have seen parts of his movies. Which, for a mention of the type I was writing, I thought, you know, that's good enough. There's a few people who claim to have seen this obscure movie. You know, I mean, most of the movies take, for example, from the silent era uh, are just gone completely. Hmm. People think because something is recorded that it's saved for all posterity, but that's not the case. So I just figured it was a case of, you know, one of those movies that probably only like one or two prints the fact that there's no online presence for it didn't really strike me as that odd. Hmm. Here's the, here's another thing that I that I just thought of. An old roommate of mine had bought a like 70s version of Trivial Pursuit. And one of the cards, the question on this card was, who was the first Jewish superhero? Mm-hmm. And the answer on the back was all one word, super Jew. Oh my God. <laughs> Which sounds crazy. And then we looked it up and could find could nothing. There's no such thing as a comic book character called Super Jew. So this is just something that blew our minds for yeah. a long time. And I, I have pictures of it too, so I can I can prove all of this. <laughs> this recently came up in discussion on Twitter, and somebody responded that they thought. The answer was actually there was a guy who wrote trivia books back in the day mm. before Trivial Pursuit came out. And he was afraid correctly that uh, Trivial Pursuit and other board games and other other publications would steal his information without citing him and without paying for him. And what he would do is he would plant <sighs> false trivia. Wow. Right. And then if he saw that repeated elsewhere, he'd know that they plagiarized from him and likely that Super Jew thing. <laughs> is probably a case of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lex the Wonder Dog had a similar origin, intentionally placed misinformation used to root out plagiarists, and somewhere along the line they got picked up by Guinness Book of World Records and others. That's so crazy. It's fake. It could be fake, <laughs> but now we got to find out why. We got super Jude. I don't know if I can say that (laughs) Okay, so Zach didn't know much more than us I'm going to check IMDB right now There's not too much on this page There are two user reviews Okay, alright, here we go This one, they rate it 9 out of 10 stars That's pretty good The username is Elite Finance Okay Not a critic I'm familiar with, but... (laughs) The Amazing Sydney. I have seen a couple of films in the 80s and also recently with Sydney Ling. 
officially H-I-L-L-H Count and Lord Sinilling. What does that mean? Hang on, I'm Googling that. Okay, that means His Illustrious Highness. Officially His Illustrious Highness Count and Lord Sinilling. And a few film and TV productions either produced or directed by him. He was the world's youngest producer, writer and director. Apart from several genre films, I also saw a few arty movies made by him and discovered that this man really is multi-talented on and off screen. A shame that he seems to be so selective when it comes to taking on offers as an actor or director. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, The other review is 7 out of 10. Uh, This is from European Free Movies, is the username. Wonderboy Lord Sidney Ling. It doesn't happen that often that the world produces a wunderkind like Lord Sidney Ling, producing, writing, directing, etc. from the very early age of eight years old. I saw Lex the Wonder Dog many years ago and I was quite amazed with this boy and how he explained life in a simple way in a film. Only few Wonder Boys keep you amazed every time again. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Only few Wonder Boys keep you amazed every time again. Because you true. see a Wonder Boy and you're like, "That's a wonderful boy," but yeah. then you see them again, and you're like, "Man, not." Mm, I've seen that I've Wonder seen Boy. Sydney is one of them for sure. Sally, Grade Three, two thousand and seven. That was written by a third grader. <laughs> Well, the rest of City Link's profile is interesting in how sparse it is as well. I've clicked through to it. Uh, November 20, 1959, in the Netherlands, is listed his birth. He is listed as a Scorpio. Um, filmography, Lex the Wonder Dog is listed as his only director credit, his only writing credit, his only producer credit. He has two other acting credits, 1980, Mata Para Vivir, and Al oeste de Rio Grande. Al oeste de Rio Grande. The only other thing is there's one piece of trivia, and I know you love film trivia. I do. Hit me. Did you know only 13 years of age when he directed, produced, scripted and starred in Lex the Wonder Dog, 1973, therefore he has an entry in the Book of Guinness World Records <laughs> as youngest film director. Did you know that? Yeah, that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why we're here. But I think that... It's interesting that Grandmother Martha is not listed on here at all. That's yeah. the only other film that we know about. So why is it not on the IMDb? I mean, there's other films on there where he was a casting director, State of Mind, in 1992, which kind of looks like a weird genre movie. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, you know, I have an IMDb profile and I've never put any care into making sure everything I've worked on is listed on there. You're telling me you haven't updated it to include your John Cazale documentary? <laughs> Come on, dude. The world needs to know about that. <laughs> the world isn't about five movies, five masterpieces, the films of John Cazale. <laughs> well, Cameron, we've searched a lot and we've uncovered very little. Yeah. It's really interesting that Zach brought up the idea of lost films because I am starting to think that this could very well be a lost film because hmm. it's not just little films that get lost. Culturally significant films get lost all the time. You know, in Australia, we have Wake and Fright, known as one of our greatest films in this country from the 1970s contemporaneously to Lex the Wonder Dog. That was lost for like an entire generation. And then by chance, they found one copy of it in an archive in New York City about a decade ago. Right. I've got a feeling that this might be one of those. It sounds like Ling is a bit of an experimental filmmaker. So it's not like his works are being archived if he's not deemed like culturally significant. Hmm. I mean, not even Guinness World Records care about this <laughs> at this point. They're palming it off. 
I feel like Sydney Ling was a young filmmaker who made a film. Some people saw it. And since then, he's left not much of a mark on film history. I think that he's someone kind of like Terrence Malick who made a couple of movies in the 70s. He made, <laughs> he made Badlands. He made Days of Heaven. He then went bird watching for like 20 years. Maybe he didn't want the glitz and glamour of showbiz. He didn't want the spotlight on him. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he didn't want the spotlight on him. He was reclusive. He's Kubrickian, Malickian, hiding out in the Styxian. Okay, Lex Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Didn't realise I was dealing with a hip-hop superstar. So you think he's a private man. Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time I told you everything. Okay. I'm two steps ahead of you this time around, Whoa. buddy. <laughs> okay. I reached out to Guinness. You know that. Mm-hmm. I reached out for more information on Lex the Wonder Dog. And I was stonewalled. Famously. <laughs> you were stonewalled, Famously, dude. I was stonewalled by the Guinness Corporation. So I used our favorite research tool, google.com, which we've used time and time mm-hmm. again. And I found a website, a website run by none other than Lord <gasps> Sidney Ling. Oh, my gosh. Last updated in 2006. Okay, that's not that recent. Okay, but it's more recent than 1973, okay? It is more recent. It is more recent. And this is what he says about himself. Lord Sidney Ling is a boy of many talents, and with amazing contacts and relationships, he helped and guided many during his childhood. Sidney directed his first small documentary, at the age of eight. Orson Welles, who admired him, told him to finish school before starting in the movie business. Orson Welles. Yeah, imagine being admired by Orson Welles. The young Sidney told him that life is too short for all that. Orson agreed and said, you're right, just follow your feelings. It's profound stuff. His parents and grandparents gave him lots of freedom to create and become what he became, a unique and multi-talented light being who never lost contact with nature and the universe. What's a light being? He's magic, I think. A boy who understood life very quickly, as if he had lived for thousands of years. A few of his academic friends believe that the amazing Sydney must be over 3,000 years old making him much older than Methuselah. What the? <laughs> Which in a way is true. What? Others believe that it is also possible that he is carrying the minds and souls of the great masters of the past. And if not, he is a great entity on his own. <laughs> I actually find that quite relatable. <laughs> I love, and if not, he is a great entity on his own. As a child, he could feel magic energy coming to him, and he was able to interact with nature in its purest form, frequently followed by photographers or people taking pictures of his interactions and adventures with others. Since that time, his life changed, and unheard of knowledge and talents were given to him. At the age of eight years old, he did everything he wanted to do. He spoke in a combination of 13 languages. 
you could sing with several voices like a flamenco gypsy, was able to play almost any instrument like a virtuoso, and interacted and spoke to wild animals. What? Like Snow White. Yeah. His normal walking speed was unheard of. <laughs> His hands were always hot, and he cured many people. Okay, hot hands, my noise sense is tingling. Lord Sidney cares more about others than one may think. He has a great aura around him. Every year, or sometimes during the whole year, he hands out small gifts to those in need, and to the poor, and people living on the streets, and to friends. He helps people with his natural, curing, energetic hands. One wonders, who thinks about Sydney, And if he ever needs help sometimes. Perhaps he's too proud, or does not like to ask, or just finds a solution within himself. Lord Sidney Ling. The savior of the Ibiza street dogs. Does that sound like a guy who doesn't want glory to you? Does that sound like a man shying away from the spotlight? We got to find this guy. Yeah. What website is that from? This website is called Lord Sydney Ling over the years dot blogspot dot com. <laughs> Yeah, and Lex, my dear sweet wonder dog, that is just the beginning. That was real one of Finding Desperado. Created by Alexi Toliopoulos and me, Cameron James. If you'd like to hear more from Alexi and I, please join us weekly on Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies. This series was produced by Bryce Halliday, consulting producer Anna Brunowski, featuring Ben Russell as the voice of Lord Sidney Lee. This episode also featured Alex Lee, Bjorn Stewart, Bryce Halliday, Anna Brunowski, and... Ivana Ristigetta. The series is mixed and sound designed by John Jacobs. Music by Luca Baroni Peters. This is an ABC Audio Studios production. Executive producer Tom Wright. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. We can cut this out, but when I was 13 yeah. years old, I was playing that wonderful bastion of our teen years, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto the Third. There's a folder in your computer that you could put MP3s in, and then when you hop in a car... It plays the music. Plays the music. So 13-year-old Bryce thought the most logical next step was to take, like, the, I don't know, eight <laughs> MP3s that I had collected by that point, and then... Make my own DJ back announcing oh my God. the tracks for myself. Oh no. So oh my I God. would just drive around GTA hearing myself <laughs> being like, hey, you're on Liberty City Radio with me, Bryce. And oh this, my God. Now it's oh time God. for Who oh Let the Dogs God. Out. Oh my God. <laughs> Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. A brother and a sister are playing in a band together called Crossbreed. We say cross, you say break. 
my name is Ken Lin. This is my six-part podcast about the Christian hip-hop band that changed my life. Yeah! For Crossfriend! This is a nightmare. Imagine how Spud God would be. He'd just be sitting up there in heaven and he'd be... He'd just be munted. He'd be pinging on the Holy Spirit. They shone brighter than the Star of David, but were destroyed faster than Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's when I began to drink the sacramental wine. What sort of a Christian are you? What's with all the Jesus shit, mate? Okay, I'm, I'm pulling over. Does anyone else need to vomit? What the hell is going on? And why am I making this podcast? Because Crossbred were really cool. No one cares about your podcast. Yeah.